2: Today in history, in 68 AD, Vespian, a gruff-spoken general of humble origins, enters Rome and is named emperor by the senate.
1: Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your super action hero, Zachary, and much like Jack Bauer, I'm going to give you a full play-by-play in real time
3: on tonight's episode.
2: My name is Megan, and I don't want a lot for Christmas. I just want a lot for Christmas.
3: And I'm Matt. Today I learned that the ocean sunfish, known more scientifically as the Mola Mola, has the largest ratio size from juvenile to adult. That was the weirdest way to say that, but I'm continuing. The babies are 2.5 millimeters weighing less than a gram, and the adults are the size of a sedan weighing a
2: little over a ton. (laughs) Holy (laughs) fuck, that's a big fish boy. Uh, I wish I was measured by car size.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, let me think about that. What's the the size of it? What was the average sedan size?
2: Uh, Dude, I don't, I don't know. i have to like by I'm, I'm completely ignorant
3: to the size. What's the
1: of average side weight of a car? Okay, I found this on
0: the web for
1: what's the average side weight of a car. Check it out. Average weight of a car is 1.4 tons, so that's hey. like 3,000 hey. pounds.
3: And
1: yeah, that is so. What's 3,000 divided by 225? Um uh... I am how point...
2: Many... No, that doesn't make any sense. Ah!
1: <laughs> Divided by two hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 have... one thirteenth point three three repeating of a car. Yeah, baby. Wow.
2: <laughs> That's wild. Now you can share that at parties, and I think people would really enjoy that. They would enjoy that fun fact about I'll you. get
1: drunk enough and all of a sudden be like, I'm thirteen point three three percent of a car. I am Optimus Prime. I, I
2: <laughs> well, you're, with the help you're of this one bottle one of whiskey, I of can Optimus transform.
1: <laughs> with the help of this bottle of whiskey and a lot more weight, I am Optimus Prime. <laughs> I am Optimus Prime. <laughs> I am one op- thirteenth of Optimus Prime. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the more important part of that statement is, with a lot more weight, me and a bunch of bunnies, and this bottle of whiskey. No, that's Voltron, (laughs) come on, Megan. Oh, I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm getting my mechs confused. (laughs) You're
3: transforming mechs
2: confused. Alright. Yeah, my apologies, nerds.
3: Alright, kids, tis the week that holds Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature head strikes, not even the mouse. The stockings are hung by the chimney with care, with a game of rock-paper-scissors played there. While we wait for St. Nick in all his glory, here is the order for tonight's festive stories. Zach is going first, Meg's in the middle, and I am the Holiday Caboose.
1: I love that. That last bit
3: didn't rhyme, but like, (laughs) get off my back.
2: I was like... Yeah, I can't, I'm going to need you to get all the way off. <laughs> uh,
3: you watched it! You fucking watched the, uh, the fucking... What are those? Pitch meetings.
2: Pitch meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I love pitch meetings. I love those. Yeah. Oh,
3: shout out to really, Screen really Rant's good. pitch meetings.
2: Yeah, I know. Shout out to Screen Rant. I really like shout you. Out, shout really out. Funny. We should
3: get Ryan George on this podcast. Hell yeah, we
1: should.
2: <laughs> I would lose my mind. But
1: tonight, as I said, uh, I'm going to be doing a little bit of a play-by-play. So tonight, for me... My format for this holiday festivity is going to be a little bit weird. Everyone, we don't have the rights to it, so I just want you to picture the Twenty Four dun 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 thing going on in the background every time I change timelines okay. here. Boop boop boop, boop 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 boop. Yeah, exactly. So you guys put, know
3: what it is. If you've never seen an episode of Twenty Four, then fucking get after it, broad.
1: Simply put. My story is the story of the Great Eggnog Riot of 1826, also known as the Grog Mutiny. The Grog Mutiny.
2: (laughs) I love it when people call, like, anything grog. I need you to know Uh, that
3: I am adjusting my volume levels, so if the sound sounds weird on your end when you're editing it, Zach, it's because I am adjusting. So,
1: for christmas this year you gave a big fuck you to editing zach which is proper (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right we begin the year 1826 the place west point military academy west point new york december 22nd 2200 hours four cadets of the west point academy william burnley davis alexander center and samuel roberts almost begin a fight with the patrons of Martin's Tavern while they are trying to procure whiskey to sneak back onto campus. The man on the inside that they have, one Private James Donegan, who was the night's security guard, already promised them a free ride past the gates of West Point Academy via a boat traveling along the Hudson River. The whiskey was to be procured for an eggnog party commencing two nights later in the North Barracks. The four boys successfully smuggle two gallons of whiskey into the North Barracks, room number 33. Cadet T.M. Lewis, another student, also manages to smuggle in a gallon from one Benny's Tavern of rum to the North Barracks, room number 5. December 23rd, 0700 hours. (laughs) Sylvanius Thayer, the commander of the Military Academy, great name, meets with George Bomford. Bad name. Oh, uh, and... Bomford is a good one. Wait.
2: Yeah, that is a good one. Oh, it, it,
1: it's good and it's bad. It's bad because lots of name calling, but good because lots of name calling. I mean, yeah. So Give me a Bomford every day. Sylvanius meets with George Bomford as well as Robert E. Lee to go hmm. over how things at the academy were running. Classes and barrack inspections continue as usual for the day with no issues being present. 1,800 hours. The cadets begin planning their eggnog party. This includes stealing food during their mess hall visits for party snacks. Unbeknownst to the cadets in the North Barracks, the South Barracks have also become aware of the Christmas party that is being planned, and begin to plan their own. This may further complications later. December 24th and 25th from the hours of 2200 until 0400. Cadet Nathaniel Eaton and Captain Ethan Hitchcock are in charge of the post of the barracks
3: in the North... I'm going to start Hey, Zach. Hey, Zach. Yeah? Hey, Zach. Yeah? I find a lot of the time uh, when I get tongue-tied, the best way to fix it is to unfuck your tongue. Ah, yes. Mm. I'm sorry. My tongue has been (laughs) thoroughly fucked tonight. (laughs) Just ravished. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: baby. Anyway. Cadet Nathaniel Eaton and Captain Ethan Hitchcock are in charge of the posts of the North Barracks. They both meet uh the students later meet to discuss smuggling more liquor into the North Barracks.
3: The eggnog liquor, pony... I barely know her. Oh, Stop. Fucking hell. <laughs> Alright, I'll take the strike for that one. Give me the That's strike. That's a strike. Yeah, no, I don't I'm know what kidding. to tell you. <laughs> you did it Look, to yourself. Megan, I called out the strike. I don't need you fucking lumping it on, okay? Steer strike.
1: Um, I I would like to put a motion forward for the rest of this episode. They're no longer strikes. They are lumps of coal. Oh,
3: fair. Oh, yeah. Okay,
2: that's
1: fair. (laughs) So Matt has one lump of coal. One lump of coal for me. The eggnog party begins uh, amongst nine cadets located in room number 28 of the North Barracks. As the party progresses, more cadets show up. While this happens, another party simultaneously breaks out in room number five of the North Barracks. A cadet leaves the proceedings in search of more whiskey early on Christmas morning. Cadet Charles Whipple arrives at room number five after hearing a commotion at 0200 hours and arrives to find eight cadets singing. Whipple has a verbal exchange with the other cadets, and Captain Ethan Hitchcock begins his patrol of the barracks at 0300 hours. Lieutenant Thornton is asleep as the events play out. Now, there's a lot of names to this story, and some of them circle back. Some of them
3: don't. But apparently, they're all relevant. (laughs) I mean, I've yet to meet a person with a name that isn't relevant. Oh, that's true. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. At 0400 hours, shouts are heard from room number 28
1: of the North Barracks, loud enough to cause Hitchcock to lead an investigation into the disturbance, where he finds six cadets drunk on the floor, as well as two others sleeping in bed. Now, it is to be noted that alcohol was not allowed on the premises of West Point at this time. Hitchcock orders the cadets back to their rooms. Hitchcock berates one James W.M. Barron about having alcohol on the premise. Hitchcock leaves the cadets at o fourteen four fifteen hours. Upon the captain's departure, Barron speaks out against him with anger, which causes one William Murdoch to organize a riot and revolt against Captain Hitchcock. <laughs> hey,
3: nothing like a little Christmas mutiny.
2: I just like like when people's go-to reaction is... Violence? I will riot. Yeah. No, specifically rioting.
3: Rioting is for sure <laughs> a choice. An option. It's an option. Uh, always an option. What I would like to point out, though, is the
1: logic of this cadet was... We got in trouble for something we weren't supposed to do. Let's start a riot.
2: <laughs> Let's start a riot.
1: Yes, December twenty-fifth, Christmas Day. Boop. Captain Hitchcock Boop. goes to sleep in his Boop. room when Boop. he is suddenly awoken by knocking on the door. When he opens the door, no one is present. Finding oh my another. My God!
3: It's a ghost of Christmas past. <laughs>
2: It's a ghost of
0: Christmas
3: riots. Ghost yeah. of Christmas riots. <laughs> yes. I love that so much. That one, love that for him.
2: That one showed up in between the ghost of Christmas present mm. and
1: future. Yeah, I think so. I think those, yeah, definitely ghost of Christmas present. Christmas present parties
3: hard, right? Yes. When it's
1: time yeah, to party, actually, will party
3: yeah, hard. He, I'm trying to remember my ghosts, ghosts of right? Christmas yeah, no, definitely ghost of Christmas present is the one that fucks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> can a
1: ghost fuck
3: that's, oh man that's no that was entirely ma'am.
1: my bad anyway so no one is at the door when he opens it finding yeah. another cadet drunk in the process of opening his door he follows some cadets to room number five where 13 cadets are celebrating including davis one of the original people who smuggled in the whiskey two nights before mm. however Davis proceeded to see Hitchcock tailing him to room number five, and they stash the booze in a footlocker before Hitchcock can get into room number five. Mm. Hitchcock investigates the whole room and demands that the footlocker be opened, which the cadets do not oblige. Mm. In a huff, Hitchcock leaves in pursuit of Thornton. Thornton was patrolling the North Barracks between the hours of 2100 and 2400, Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. That is wrong. It's a lot of numbers. Uh, Yeah, it is. He was patrolling the North Barracks uh, between 2100 on the 24th until 0200 on Christmas Day. He ignored the partying of the cadets and went to bed after his patrol at 0200 hours, only to be awoken by yelling, and upon leaving his room, was physically attacked by two cadets. Hmm. Thornton places William Fitzgerald under arrest for brandishing a weapon against him. Okay. Fitzgerald flees the scene before being fully arrested and warns two other cadets in room number 29
3: about the incident and his arrest. Can I just... I want to cut in for like half a second. Absolutely. Please do. All the numbers that you're listing off in this story make me feel like I'm doing math. And I know that that's not your intention... But, like... Lots of math. You are doing military time, which is... I'm doing military time on purpose. (laughs) And then, well, yeah, no, like, I get that you're going for the whole 24 thing, but it's also, like, a military-based story, so it makes sense. But, like, I'm having to remember room 5, room 29, 2100 hours, Christmas Day, which is the 25th. Like, it's math, my guy. It's a lot of 20s, for sure. Um, All
1: I can say is just strap in because it's about to get weird.
2: I'm already here. I'm ready. I'm listening intently.
1: Thornton, after placing Fitzgerald under arrest, investigates the noise coming from now the South Barracks. When he arrives at the South Barracks, he is proceeded to be knocked out by Samuel Roberts. Christ alive, this guy had a bad day. So no, so Hitchcock got knocked out and then Thornton
3: got knocked out got it got it got it got it two separate people sorry yes lots of names lots of moving parts in this one here boys Uh, uh uh-huh uh-huh so yeah Hitchcock gets assaulted Thornton
1: gets knocked out by Samuel Roberts who is another one of the original cadets who brought booze originally yeah and was found in the south barracks after being kicked out of room number 28 in the north barracks by Hitchcock so basically, Party Jumper gets kicked out of one party and then goes and assaults a commanding officer at the mm-hmm. second party. Mm-hmm. Davis falls asleep, but the other cadets carry on their crusade and begin to hunt down Hitchcock. In the process...
2: Get, Get him, boys.
1: In the process, they run into other cadets and demand that they need to procure a fife and drum, which they do.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: The boys then continue their tirade, smashing windows and destroying all of West Point Academy while playing a drum and Fife and demanding a Hitchcock. There you go. Hitchcock tries to restore order, which causes the cadets to then believe he is about to use bombarderies to quell the now rising riots.
2: I can't believe this, dude. I can't believe they're rioting over this. As
1: the cadets now believe that they are going to be bombarded, they go to the armory break in, and take up arms to defend the North Barracks against Hitchcock. (laughs) Oh my god. The riots continue until Reveille at 0600 when the 2nd Artillery Division arrives on the premises of West Point Academy to shell the fuck out of them! and officially puts an end to the riots once and for all.
2: Man, what a killjoy. All of this... I want it... Amounts. this is a christmas riot this is what the lord would have wanted the the d- would dear have baby
1: wanted. jesus would have wanted a christmas riot dear because sweet baby jesus sweet baby jesus was like i wasn't even born in december you dumb fucks stick riot in for christ. me christ
2: <laughs> yeah riot because they got my birthday
1: right because this isn't the party i planned i am a summer baby <laughs>
2: I'm a summer. Be- I'm a sweet summer child, I, not a salty winter adult.
1: I wanted sweet ocean breezes, and you gave me blizzards. You fucks. <laughs> anyway, all of this amounts to the testimony from 167 witnesses from the academy and $168.83 in damages. Now, that's in
3: 1826 money. Oh dang. In-
1: in 2020, that would have been roughly four thousand four hundred
3: and thirty dollars.
2: 2020 money. Oh, thank God he he did the he did the math. Yes, for us. that's important. But he you. has
3: also been saying a lot of numbers to me, which it kind of evens out. Can I give him a strike for just saying a lot of numbers?
2: It is a lot of numbers. All right, I'll, I'll
3: take I'll take one lump of coal for all one the numbers. lump of coal for numbers right, okay. I'll take the nu- I'll take the lump of coal away for doing the math beforehand. So, like, you're at an even zero. Got it.
1: Now, I am going to give you two more numbers, and these are the best numbers, but also the worst numbers. So, along with
3: no, okay, 4, 000, <laughs>
1: I'm scared. along with all the money and damages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This amounts to the court-martialing of seventeen cadets yes. and the expulsion of sixteen. Woo! So, in summation, Insulation. a bunch of rowdy boys decided to smuggle in three gallons of alcohol, get rip-roaring drunk, and decide to throw a mutiny against the commanding officers of a military academy by brandishing real live weapons and a fife and drum.
3: Real live weapons. Nice.
1: It is later uh, stated that they had to do a whole bunch of testimonies and a whole bunch of actual, like, court hearings uh, in which... Uh, Hamilton is like, no, I didn't actually try to call in an artillery strike on children. I promise. Uh, but he should have though. Let's
3: be he, honest, he should have though. He could have. He could have. Um, and he would have been justified. Those this,
2: little bastards
3: had
1: it coming.
2: He would have been justified. <laughs> had <it coming. laughs> they had uh, it th- coming.
1: This actually ends up going all the way to John Quincy Adams, who is the president at the time.
3: Oh, baby.
1: And he has to make final decisions on whether some of these cadets end up getting expelled or court martialed. So
3: that what is What does the, he decide? That seventeen of them get court martialed and sixteen of them get expelled. Well, fair enough. Thanks, John Quincy Adams.
2: Yeah, thanks, John Quincy Adams. Yeah.
3: There were twenty at least that were tried. And I just want 17... to say that the mm-hmm. Beastie Boys would not be proud of this moment. No, you gotta fight for your right to party.
2: <laughs> Riot.
1: Yes, you have to fight for your right to party, and these boys did, even though they lost. But you know, you win some, you lose some. You get expelled from West Point. That's how it goes. <laughs> Now, I understand that that story was very dense, and there wasn't a lot of goofs and gags, which is why I wanted to go first. But the whole goof and gag was all the numbers, which I realized was a lot of brain juice. So now that we've been smart on this podcast, hey, Megan, is yours a smart
2: story? Oh, a thousand percent nod, Yes! <laughs> Thank you for asking.
3: Zach, I also want to apologize to editing Zach for all the noises that my mic's going to pick up. I'll fine tune it before we record again, but you're going to have a lot of... It's just a lot, bud, and I'm sorry. They're just they're just extra little presents for me. Oh yeah, you want a present like this? Is
2: that...
3: Can I get a hoya? But... Hoya. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> leave that to Zach.
1: Wait, wait, wait! Can I do that one uh, more what? time? Can you can you give me one more time?
3: Can I get a hoya? Ho ho hoya, oh,
1: oh, yeah.
2: baby. <laughs> okay, love it. That, We're awful. I don't know how all about that one I'm on the
1: goddamn naughty list for a reason
2: I don't know I feel like both of you should get a strike nope. for that one no. but that's just me Nope,
3: nope. lump what? of coals No lump of coals okay. for us
2: I feel like I'm the only one who gets to say no to the strikes but whatever
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's a rule you made yourself and none of us agree with it so
2: <laughs> Okay rude i speak uh, for
3: the one of us that doesn't agree but i cannot put words into zach's mouth i can put what, other things whatever there.
2: oh you should continue i do think your we story was pretty on. funny though zach like the fact that like these people a bunch of child were, like, soldiers started a
1: riot over eggnog that was spiked with lots of whiskey yeah, I mean... yes <laughs>
2: It's just a. It's like something that people say that they're gonna do. Right? They're like, I don't like this rule. I'm gonna I don't agree riot. with what happened. I'm gonna riot. And but they like did it. They, they said they were I gonna
1: think... take down the man, and they took down the man. They nah. lost, but they took yeah. down the
3: man. They tried.
1: To For... take I mean, it's
2: th- it's the fact that they tried though, because I say I'm gonna riot at least once a week. Do I ever riot? No. I sulk in my room and I read a book and then I get over it.
1: So what you're saying rioting is rioting
2: never happens. We need
1: more. More, uh, we need
2: more riots. I was
1: gonna say gumption, but yeah, that, that too.
2: <laughs> yeah, we just in general, we need more riots. So, do you guys want to know the, yeah, tell me yes. all of the titles of all of your stories? <laughs> it's called Goat Burning Man. Yes, tell um, me, tell me everything about Goat Burning um, Man. All right, so I'll tell you everything about Goat Burning Man. Uh, I really... So, like, to begin with, I really like the build-up to Christmas. Uh, It's, like, this nice, warm feeling of bundling up and, like, buttoning down the hatches until the cold passes, which I think, like, before capitalism is what winter was probably like. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, we got to stay home and be warm and, like, hope that the harvest lasted us until spring.
0: Yeah.
2: Um... But, like, there are these nice rituals and lights and, like, a genuine feeling of excitement uh, that's kind of burdened by stress. But um, it's also pretty frightening, too. And I think, like, winter is very much a time, like, if I had to think about it, that, like, old gods definitely walk the earth during this time. Like, this is the time for them. Or at least giant goats. Uh, and this is where... I'm going to really jump into my story with the giant goats. So every year. um... (laughs) I really
3: (laughs) love like that (laughs) That was just a complete non sequitur where you're like, I'm just going to jump into my story about giant goats.
2: Yeah, here it is. Here I I am stuck in the middle
3: with giant goats.
2: Yeah, here I am. Rock me like Dying a goat. giant goat. <laughs> that just really struck it me. Scans. That got my funny,
3: funny chord
2: there. It got your goat. It
3: did get my goat?
2: Okay, good. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so every year in uh, Gävle, Sweden. They erect a massive Swedish yule goat made of straw at the beginning of Advent. Yes. So usually around late November to early December is when this bad boy goes Mm -hmm. up. And the idea was conceived in 1966 by this dude named Stig Gavlin, who wanted to put up a display in the middle of the town square, you know, for holiday cheer, because he thought it would be nice. And the community was involved, and every year it was sponsored by a local business and the government working together. The goat, in general, looks really wholesome. Like ribbons are wound through its horns, and lights and the straw—it looks really cool, especially like when snow is kind of uh, dusted on it. Um, however, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That so that damn fire S- nation
2: <laughs> yeah they made it they made it all the way up there dude um so as soon as the goat was built in nineteen sixty six it had a long life filled with vandalism and arson okay uh it's it's really unclear why people took to making the govlet goat their own personal burning man but <laughs> Um, in its 55 year history the goat has been destroyed 37 times (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because the goat is located so close to the fire station the fire usually can be controlled yeah Uh, and if the goat is destroyed before december 13th the goat is rebuilt Usually, with straw that the goat committee has already pre ordered oh in preparation for this eventuality. Imagine
3: being on a goat committee.
2: That's what I'm saying. I like, live for that. I live for the goat committee. I hope it's like an honor. I hope oh, it's like a it town better council be an honor. like subcommittee. If you're not honored yeah, to be on have... the
3: goat committee, what are you even doing with your <laughs> fucking life?
2: You have to be like voted on, dude. They're like, there are five spots on the goat committee. Like, who. Who will be elected this year? It's like a cutthroat political race.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: It would be madness. Uh, Some of the most notable goat burnings I'm going to tell you about. um, If you'll bear with me. I will absolutely bear with you
3: because nothing's more enticing than the sound of burning goat (laughs) (laughs) weed.
2: Wait. (laughs) So some of the more notable goat burnings and destructions are as follows um in 2001 a 51 year old man from ohio traveled to Gavle and burned the goat down uh he had to spend 18 days in swedish jail which i hear is very nice uh, and had to pay a fine For... and when he went to court he claimed that he was no goat burner And that he thought he was taking part in a completely legal goat-burning tradition. I absolutely love the
3: idea of having to, like, go before a panel of your peers and say, I ain't no goat-burner!
2: I ain't no (laughs) goat-burner! They're like, like, yeah, but, like, we saw you burn it. He's like, I thought it was legal. I thought that's what you guys did I
1: thought this is a thing y'all did. I was just trying to get in on the festivities. (laughs)
2: Yeah, he's like, I just, I had read about this and I thought this is what people did here. Um, I was wrong. (laughs) And I'd like to, I'd like to pay that Swedish krona now. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to pay my fine and go back to Ohio. (laughs) Uh, I I will say that at no point had anyone said, like, burn down the goat. Like, this is not legal. It is illegal to burn the goat. But
3: someone does it every year.
2: Yeah, someone attempts every single year. Ladies it, and it gentlemen, no let it point. be known
3: that despite the fact that there's a giant goat that looks ripe for the burning, arson is still a crime. Nothing is yeah, a crime like if a you don't crime. get caught. That sounds like it could no, be a fucking they... line from Tonight the News. Just John <laughs> being like... Uh, the station wants us to let you know that, while the goat does look flammable...
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
3: Please do not commit is, arson. Please, listeners please at
1: home, it, it is to be noted that while well, the goat is extremely flammable, it is still illegal to commit acts of arson.
3: We there thank you. John. you. <laughs> boy, <Attaboy>, Johnny boy, <laughs> boy.
2: As you can see, listeners, we're really plugging our other. We are uh, fucking
3: podcasts. hard plugging our other podcast.
2: Hardcore plugging Ford. our podcast. Oh, yeah, please give it a listen. Yeah, give it a listen. Um, it is called News. Tonight the News. Tonight the news. Here it is. So, um, like I said, at no point had anyone said burn down the goat. People have just taken that upon themselves. Um, Some of the other notable, like, precautions as uh, people have tried to burn down the goat. So, the Swedish government has said, oh, we need to protect the goat. So, they have done the following.
3: Stationed armed Um, guards. (laughs) Anti-aircraft.
2: Okay, but, like, you're joking. and that's God. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. Oh, my God dude yeah so first yeah they put chicken wire netting yeah. around the goat uh-huh. the goat was still destroyed by fire yes. that year in 1969 in 1970 it was destroyed by fire six hours after its destruction um, wait construction or destruction? six hours after sorry after its construction <laughs> it lasted
1: six hours that's yeah. a record
2: <laughs> yeah it was a record actually in 1973 a dude stole it and placed it in his backyard. <laughs> so
1: fucking flex okay
2: (laughs) yeah he's like i'm not gonna get caught
1: (laughs) no one's gonna notice that 60 foot goat in my backyard
2: (laughs) which also begs the question like how did he do it
1: that's the real question yeah you can't just like pick up a like a 30 40 foot straw goat and be like well i'm gonna carry this back home
2: yeah like here here i go um In 1979, the goat was burned, and the second one that they built was fireproofed. Was it? Uh, I think it survived. I think that one, the second one survived. The first one, like I said, was not fireproof, so it didn't... Oh, it didn't survive. Sorry, I forgot this part, which was the second one was fireproofed, and that made the arsonist so mad that they broke it to pieces.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes! If I can't catch it on fire... (laughs) I think this is
1: just an episode of Christmas violence.
2: Yeah, it's just they're Christmas like it's just violence. violent. Violence at Christmas. They were like how fucking dare you choose
3: violence every
1: time. This is
2: we burn this goat down every year and you're going to fireproof <laughs> it? Absolutely. Not, not today,
1: government overlords.
2: <laughs> not yeah, not today, government. I mean, what is this, America? Like <laughs> This is Sweden. Anyway, Uh, In 1985, a metal fence and the infantry were called in to protect the goat. (laughs) Yes! It was still burned. Nice. In 1990, it survived because it was protected by many volunteers. Uh, So, you know, the people were really in on this action. Uh, In 1993, it survived because it was guarded by taxis and the Swedish Home Guard. So, (laughs) we're just or just adding bodies uh in 1996 it also survived and was monitored by webcams because we're getting more advanced here uh in 2000 the first goat was burned and the second was drowned in the river so (laughs) both the fire and water tribes and nations are they're really coming together in 2002, it survived because it was guarded by the Swedish radio host Gert Falcon. Gert Falcon, so
3: the...
2: <laughs> that's a great Gert name. Falcon, yeah. Captain he's... Captain
3: Falcon's well... real name is Gert. Gert.
2: Gert. Can you imagine being like, I'm gonna protect this? Host. Can you can I'm you imagine
3: ghost. fucking playing a Captain Falcon game and you get to the end and it's like, great work, Gert.
2: <laughs> Gert. Gert. It's just like a funny name. It is name. a great it's name. G E R I'm hoping it's like a family Swedish name. Yeah,
3: it probably is. Um, to any of our fans in yeah. Sweden, if your name is Gert, we fucking love your name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it fucks.
3: It fucks. Um,
2: anyway, <laughs> it
3: fucks. I love that as a descriptor <laughs> for things.
2: Oh, uh, it's so good. Like anytime something's really great, you're like, wow, it fucks. Uh, in 2005 the goat was burned down by two vandals dressed as Santa and the gingerbread man yeah. who shot a flaming arrow into it. Yes. Yes, so <laughs> I thought you much would yes. like that one Zach. <laughs> uh, that was like they had to do a lot of preparation for that one. They did a lot of preparation. Like, we gotta it get... was worth it. We got to get the costumes, we got to get the bow and arrow. <laughs> you got to make the arrow hey, flammable. But here's
3: the thing. They fucking put their heart into it.
2: Honestly, they really did. People, uh people were also like pretty suspicious too. Like they started calling into the police. They're like, "Hey, people dressed up as Santa and the gingerbread man are heading towards the goat." Those fucking Save the rats!
3: Goat. I know, dude. Those fucking rats.
2: If I, know, I see Santa really, and
3: a gingerbread man, and there's a time honored tradition of trying to light a goat on fire, I'ma let Santa and the gingerbread ginger- ginger b- 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 i'm having i'm Ginge actively man. having a stroke um i'm gonna let santa and the gingerbread man fucking go off okay but here's my here's my whole thought process if i see anyone just as a
1: jolly red fat man holding a bow that's on fire i'm letting that happen i'm not intervening at all
2: that's what i'm no but like that's what i'm saying dude like he clearly is on a mission to do something let him finish that mission <laughs> okay like you don't get involved he has a flaming arrow uh so in 2010 one of the goat guards was offered payment to leave his post so the goat could be stolen via helicopter but um the dude did not accept the bribe and he continued to to guard the goat and the goat survived Mm. i don't know what a brave
1: goat soldier what a brain! Who goat had order.
2: the funds to steal the goat by a helicopter? I was going to say, who
1: had the funds to bribe an official guard and have a helicopter? I don't know, but it's awesome. Although, yeah, Megan, you are missing a... 2009.
2: Yeah, the goat. The Because
1: goat... in 2009, a bunch of hackers hacked into security cameras that were watching the goat and then burned it to the ground.
2: Oh my god, I forgot about 2009. <laughs> You're right, I'm so sorry. I was so distracted by 2000. By 2010, mm-hmm. Jesus. dude, with the helicopters. The helicopters. Um, uh, feel free to fill in any more, Zach. But, oh, I, uh, and so My wrap up, uh, I guess, is since 2018 the goat has not been destroyed. That's wrong. Um,
1: the goat has been officially what? burned. 2021 December 18th.
2: Oh, oh my god! So okay, I wrote this. I wrote these notes a week ago. <laughs> yep. It got and, burnt okay, this I, year.
3: How? I Tell can't. Me okay. How.
2: So, listen, listen. So, I wrote the, these notes a week ago, and my final wrap up was going to be like since 2018, it's not been destroyed. There have been a lot of precautions and security added. But this past weekend, because I thought we were going to do this episode last yeah, week. Yeah, my bad. Um, no, it's fine. I thought we were going to do this episode last week. So, on that Sunday before the Monday that we were going to record, uh, someone did try to jump the fence trying to get to the goat. Mm-hmm. But like they had caught that guy, and it had the goat had survived. So the I can't believe
1: burnt. in the week in the week that we were off, the goat got burnt.
2: I can't believe it, dude. This is happening in real time. This is real
1: history, folks. Right here, when, right now. When,
2: <laughs> right here. Does it say right like? Now. What happened, Zach? They just
1: said that a man in his 40s has been arrested in connection with burning it. Um, they didn't hey, say how mommy. exactly it happened. But, yeah, the goat got burnt uh, on the a, 17th or 18th. Attaboy.
3: I will say, oh, though,
1: dude. This is, as soon as you mentioned the goat, I got really excited because I knew, like, a little bit about, like, the, bo- the goat burning in Sweden. I didn't know this much. Um, but, like, I also yeah, got well, really excited because, like, I do, like, a mini goat burning myself every year. Oh, uh, Yeah. So
2: That's dope.
1: Uh I do I celebrate Yule. And which yeah. by the way starts tomorrow. We're recording this on the twentieth. It starts the twenty first. Do you need just me saying. to say happy
3: anything Yule. to you?
1: No. Would you, you like me to wish you
3: a joyous Yule or anything?
1: I mean, it goes all the way until January first, so anytime between now and January first, just say happy Yule and you're good. <laughs> well
3: if I fucking happy see you, Yule. bud, I'm gonna give you a huge Yule kiss.
1: Okay, smooch, smooch.
2: <laughs> Pucker up, oh, that was, buttercup. That was so uh, apathetic. You're like, all right, smooch, Yeah, Jack well, and I
3: are just practiced hands at this. If I say I'm going to kiss him, it's happening.
1: <laughs> oh, Sometime but, uh, so... Damn, it's, I can't believe the goat. It's tradition but yeah, to have a straw goat for Yule. Um, yeah,
2: I figured. Because
1: it's, it's, you know, a whole thing with Thor and, like, all that jazz and just for the season. There's also, like, the whole practice of, like, dressing up as a goat and going from door to door and singing songs. and There's, like, a whole lot of tradition that happens with
3: goats. That's one of in... my favorite traditions, by the way. That and the Mary Lewin? Yeah, the Mary Lewin. Just um, fucking dressing up as a goat and...
1: Stealing people's food and booze? It's awesome. food and booze.
2: Not enough people dress up like goats anymore. No,
1: they don't. But I, I do a goat burning because it's a little bit of... Uh, nod to the sweden thing it's the goat for yule and on top of that it's also like a whole like cleansing thing like it's you know you're starting over like yule is about the fact that it's the days are getting longer and we're coming out of winter so you know it's kind of a little bit of everything so as soon as you started with the the goat burning story i was i was so for this i love this so oh, much
2: good. yeah i wanted to ask you about it cuz i know that you do celebrate yule so i was like i I had heard of goat burning. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it is very ritualistic in a lot of cultures to like burn effigies. Yeah. But in this particular story, it sounds like it's more of a callback to the original tradition of like the straw goat burning than like so actually burning it. They just want it as a display, and people are like but my ancestors. <laughs> There's something in my blood. So I
1: think, I think it's a little bit of that and a little bit of everything. I don't know if the original one was done for uh, quote unquote my ancestors. I don't know if like burning the goat is part of the traditional ritual. Um, I know just at least having the goat effigy itself, whether or not it's meant to be burnt or not is part of the traditions of Yule. I just think that it was either, a little, again, because it's hard to trace everything back in a lot of that time. History is a little bit wibbly wobbly at that with a lot of like the the norse pagan era thing a lot of it was oral history as opposed to written down um so i don't know whether or not burning it was actually technically part of the process but it was either you know for my ancestors or some snot-nosed punk who burned it down and everyone was like this is a good idea and now we modern could do this like, yeah. and now modern pagans are like fire yes sure we we'll incorporate that into a go. ritual we could burn shit. Modern
2: pagans are like, we love.
3: We love fire.
2: Fire. We love fire. We
3: love fire. Almost as much as that one guy from Anchorman loves lamps. I love lamp. I love lamp.
2: I love lamp. I love fire. I love fire.
3: I love goat. I love fire. I love burning goat.
2: I love burning goat. I love I love that. But that's my story. Boom
3: de yada, boom de yada, boom de boom de that's awesome. That I awesome love it. That is stories? that's amazing, and I'm so happy that Zach was able to bring us information about a man having burnt the goat this year.
2: I cannot believe the information for this story changed so wildly so wild. in a week. Like at the very end,
3: I love it. It's great.
1: Like it it's was amazing.
2: actual because I specifically checked. I was like, "Has it been burnt?" And down so it's, this like, year? So and it it's like, so it's great. So it's actually yet. beneficial
3: that we didn't record last week because we wouldn't have had that update.
2: Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, the streak is ended. Because this has like, been the longest like streak that it hasn't been burned.
3: And it was ended yeah, by like, some old guy.
2: Yeah, some 40-year-old. Some 40-year-old.
3: All right, friends. I have an interesting story to tell you. And it starts on December 4th of the year of our Lord in 1948. Uh, the United okay. States Air Force sends out a communication that they are tracking one unidentified sleigh powered by eight reindeer at 14,000 feet, heading 180 degrees. Santa! (laughs) (laughs) The Associated Press uh, ran the story, and unfortunately that was a one-off joke because mm-hmm. it happened only that one year until a Christmas miracle happened. Do you guys have any guesses <laughs> about the Christmas miracle or, like...
2: Did a UFO appear? Yes! And, and NASA yes. was like, um... We're just going to tell people this is Santa. Santa.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is Santa? Wait, so Santa's Santa? not an alien? Well, yeah.
3: Santa doesn't... Santa's definitely an alien. <laughs>
2: Did that actually
3: happen? Uh, yeah, no, it was a UFO.
2: Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. It was, no, it was just aliens. It was no, it was, was fully his story, aliens. Sorry, guys. Thanks Sorry, for guys. coming.
3: It's um, aliens. So, anyways, no the the fact of the matter isn't that aliens birthed themselves into existence, but no, it was a one off joke uh, until a Christmas miracle happened, which I will tell you now because your guesses were aliens and it was wrong. The truth of the story I'm about to tell you is somewhat muddled in my research. So I'm going to tell you guys the storybook version first. And then I'm okay. going to break the illusion, just like all of us uh, realizing that Santa's not real. And I'm going to tell you some straight facts. Oh, I, I thought we were gonna just going to straight Procopius this Christmas. No, we're not Procopius shit, bitch. Um, So in 1955, Sears runs an advertisement... My um, AP psych teacher in high school used to call them advertisements. And, you know, that's always she was wrong. not sat well with me. And I don't know why I called advertisements advertisements just now. But It's we like it British people happen. saying aluminium. Aluminium. So Sears runs an advertisement telling kids that they are able to call Santa. And they list a number to call. However, the number had been misprinted and it dialed to the red phone on Colonel Harry Shoup's desk. Colonel Shoup was a crew commander on duty at the Continental Air Defense Command, or CONAD, and the red phone that I described is typically for direct commands from Strategic Air Command. So, it is a little weird that that specific phone would be ringing. However, when the phone rings, thinking nothing of it, he picks up, and a little girl is asking to speak to Santa. Okay. He confirms that he is Santa, and tells her where above the United States he is currently. Then... He assigns a member of his staff to continue answering the phone when it rings and tell kids random positions above the United States where Santa is, and that is the start of a beautiful tradition. But as I mentioned, that's the storybook version. Okay. But I have really good news for you guys. Okay. And it's that the storybook version isn't far off from the truth. Hell yeah. Because the true version of this story is that on November 30th, a young girl misdialed the number from a Sears advertisement. So I had said that the Sears thing was misprinted entirely, but that's not the case. This girl had just misdialed a number and she ends up calling Colonel Harry Shoup. He picks up told her that he was not Santa, and then he hangs up the phone. Oh, lame. Fucking lame. (laughs) However, a member of the Conad office had placed a picture of Santa on the board of unidentified aircraft to track in the month of December, and Shoup felt inspiration strike. Shoup got in touch with a gentleman named Colonel Barney Oldfield, who was Conad's public affairs officer, and told him that's
2: like the worst. Man. Yeah, no. <laughs> Conad is a terrible Barney fucking old no. Barney, Barney Oldfield is Field.
3: also bad, but Conad like, like the entire what? time I was researching this story, I was like, Am I saying gonads? Am I gonna <laughs> accidentally say gonads <laughs> while we're You 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 said it on purpose, and I appreciate that about you. <laughs> I did say it on purpose, and I'm glad that you appreciate it. But also, is that what you appreciates about me? Oh look the floor. Stop. So, um, Shoop tells Oldfield to release a press release saying that Conad was tracking Santa's sleigh. So, Barney's message included the following. Conad, Army, Navy, and Marine Air Forces will continue to track and guard Santa and his sleigh on his trip to and from the U.S. against possible attacks... From those who do not believe in Christmas, and so what from you're saying then is, on, yes. What am I what saying? You're
1: saying is, tell me, Santa not only brings joy and happiness to the children around the world, but he is also backed by the United States government. You're <laughs> God oh hell damn right. yeah, brother! You're goddamn right. <laughs> they didn't call artillery strikes on the child soldiers, but we will call it on anyone
3: who fucks with Santa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they would for Santa, and that's that's the greatest. This ple- press release goes out, letting people know that the Army, the Navy, and the Marine Force have Santa's back while he travels over the continental United States. Um, and from then on, the tradition of Conad tracking Santa continues, until the year of 1958, when the North American Air Defense Command, or NORAD, took over the reporting responsibility from CONAD because the reporting became too elaborate. Um, And (laughs) I mean to say that at certain points, NORAD started reaching out to other agencies like uh, Canadian navies and things like this to mention... Specific vessels where Santa had landed, getting them to take part in saying that they were... One example that I read was that this... I can't even remember the fucking vessel's name. um, But they had been responsible for repairing uh, a wound on Dancer's leg or something of that nature. What the fuck? Um, So what you're telling me is
1: Santa Claus, who is already a character that has so much headcanon by children built up with him was now built up with more cannon by both the United States government and military, but also the Canadian government and military.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Love it.
1: I that love it. That
2: is what he's telling you.
3: This is exactly what I'm telling you, Zach. <laughs> I appreciate you following along. Um, so this is a tradition that started in 1955, technically, transferred to NORAD in 1958, and is still alive and well today. Um, but Fuck I do, yeah. want, to yeah, you, nice I do want to tell you. kind of nice. Like, I do want to tell you another really beautiful part of this story, uh, which mm-hmm. is the funniest thing to me, and that's that the storybook version of the tale that I told you was spread by Harry Shoop and his family.
1: <laughs> oh. So I don't know. That's kind. Of, I love that. So nice. So according
3: know. to. Um, according to, you know, other people that worked at the Conad office, they said that when uh, when Harry picked up the phone that evening with the little girl calling, um, and remember that she called, you know, November 30th, so before December even started,
0: um, Mm -hmm.
3: according to reports, he was very gruff with the girl. um, And he contends, in fact, that he's not... He wasn't gruff with the girl at all. The part about him answering and saying that he was Santa um comes from him specifically he said that you know he was on the phone with this girl he told her that he was santa and told her his position um so he came up with that part of the story uh and then members of his family at social gatherings would tell folks that the call had been coming into the red phone um so shoop and his family actively elaborated their parts in uh or these these flourishes in the legend of how norad started tracking santa but they do it every year now um and it's mostly done by volunteers um from what i did with my research uh they have like a whole twitter and a facebook page and everything so kind of i mean fucking wacky
2: I love I don't that. I know, it's kind of nice cuz I like remember I remember watching Norad when I was little and being really fascinated by it and it like added a lot more magic.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: To Christmas Eve. Yeah.
3: Well, I think that's like so I don't really want to detract too much from everything, but like there are people there are people in the building where I work and I was talking to them about Christmas and things like that. And I was like, your kids don't, or I said something about like, are you guys excited for Christmas and Santa? And one of the moms was just like, uh, Christmas. Yes. Santa. We don't, we don't do the whole Santa thing. And I was like, you don't what? Cause it just baffled me. And she's like, well, we don't want to lie to our kids. And I was like, no, but like, for your younger years that's magic like yeah magic doesn't fully exist in any capacity um excuse me yes it does but continue <laughs> 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 acts like i'll yeah no that, like change my mind no like so as a kid everything's kind of magical right and so yeah it's, like it's nice that you know random people like Norad has so many better things to do, but for one night, they make kids nights by, like, tracking fucking Santa. Santa. Yeah. It's so... Like, it's just fun to be able to... It's
2: just nice. It's just good. Yeah, it's just wholesome.
3: Yeah. So two things.
1: One, uh, when I found out that... I was told that Santa Claus was real and that my family celebrates Christmas. um, Yeah. And so when I came of the age where I found out that Santa Claus was not real. First off, my first response was, but the Easter Bunny is real, right? Because this is me. <laughs> yeah. Two, I was told something very nice, and this is going to be some Mama J wisdom. I love your mom. <laughs> so your mom. my mother, upon me realizing and learning that Santa Claus was not real, said to me, Santa Claus is real. Santa Claus, the, the person that gives children gifts on christmas eve is not real but anyone who does something good for no reason other than the wanting to do something good to help someone else to make the world a better place especially around the holiday season is santa claus whether it is a jolly man in a big red suit with a white beard who eats milk he drinks milk and eats cookies and comes down the fireplace or it's someone donating time at a soup kitchen or giving a gift to someone to show that they care about them or helping a homeless person that's santa
3: claus and i think that's something beautiful and i I do want to say that i would be more impressed if santa claus ate milk and drank cookies but i would be too (laughs) uh and i
1: also want to say that norad has uh issued a statement saying that and this is Today, that they have issued this statement. Damn. In the, Zach with in, the
3: fucking.
2: I know. Zach's like, hey, I'm your on stories? top
3: of it. <laughs> yeah, go. Tell me. Tell me what NORAD said. In the
1: event of a government shutdown, NORAD will continue with its 63 year tradition of NORAD Track Santa on December 24th. Military oh personnel God, who heroes. conduct NORAD Track Santa are supported by approximately 1,500 volunteers. Who make the program possible every year? So no matter what, even if the government can't
3: get its shit together,
1: it will be NORAD will tracking Santa this year. I
3: think what's also really sweet. um, I have a coworker who's got a daughter who's you know old enough to not believe in Santa, and she still believes in Santa, which is amazing. And it's good on her mom for like keeping that up. But I, when the pandemic started two years ago, um, Mm -hmm. I did have a conversation with her and I was like, are you a little bit worried that Santa because of the lockdown and everything won't be able to find or won't be able to get out to you? And she looked me dead in the eyes. She looked me right in the face and she goes, Matt, that's fucking ridiculous. She didn't say fucking, but I could see it on her face. So we're just (laughs) going to like embellish a bit. She goes, Matt, that's fucking ridiculous. Santa is an essential worker.
1: Hell that's yeah
3: true. he, he is. is. Oh yeah he is. Uh, so anyways that's that. my story about how NORAD started tracking Santa and how it got it start from a guy that gruffly hung up on a little girl on November 30th.
2: And we'll never what say if that Santa he Santa was one of us. <laughs> Just a slob like. I'm pretty one sure of that us. he only
3: works like one day out of the year so he's definitely a slob. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah
2: dude but he's also running Bezos Town up yeah, in the North, up North, in the North, North Pole. pole <laughs>
1: all so. right, let's not shit on Santa. We just did something really no, nice. Santa, I Santa, <laughs> we, we just can cut this part out so of the nice. fucking
3: everything. Um, oh, no, but yeah, that, so that's, that's how NORAD tracks Santa, and I thought that was mm-hmm. a pretty special story.
1: I agree. I um, think
3: all of our stories had a little touch of something to get uh, to get into the holiday spirit whether your thing is, you know, potentially artillery striking drunk kids um yep. burning, burning a goats, goat or yep. tracking Important. Santa with, you know, yep. surface to air radar. Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> our stories had something for everyone.
2: <laughs> all of them all of them involved the military. All of them. Yes, all
1: of them did involve the military. <laughs> um, with that said though, I want to kind of say as we wrap up our episode for this evening to all of our listeners uh we thank you for listening and you know giving the gift of letting us do what we love and we hope that everyone at the triumvir productions hopes that your holiday season no matter what you celebrate um whether it is traditional or untraditional is something beautiful and we love doing this and we love making something beautiful for you so thank you very much for the gift of continuing to be able to do that this year and may your festivities be bright and jolly uh i'm gonna be done rambling but thank you very much we appreciate you and to all a good night
3: oh but wait i know you said a you said a really beautiful thing Mm -hmm. I don't want to detract from that moment, but... uh... Okay. Mm -hmm. What the fuck, history?
1: If you like what you hear from the Triumvirate Productions and What the Fuck History, we encourage you to tell a friend. We don't pay for any ads, so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us. You can find us on Facebook at the Triumvirate Productions... On Twitter at triumvirate underscore pod and on Instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions.
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.